Well, it's great to be back. Um, I want to just take a moment to go ahead and, if those of you that want to, uh, you pull out your phones and go ahead and you can go and find Gratis Church and hit like Gratis Church, you know, on Facebook, do that. But we're going to be doing something that I hope you're going to post around today on Facebook for those that are on there. And uh, whatever accounts you might have, you can go ahead and do it on those. But for today, um, I've given a title to today's message as Best Dad Ever, hashtag Best Dad Ever, or hashtag Adopted by God. Best, best Dad Ever and Adopted by God. And you might be saying, well, okay, where, where are we coming from today? Uh, what had happened was I got sick last weekend and I was supposed to wrap up the series in Esther. And then today, I was going to be kicking off a, a four-week study on adopted, uh, adoption, being adopted by God. So, so what God had told me to do is just kind of blend the two together <laughs> for today. And we're going to kind of wrap up Esther and see uh, some examples from Mordecai. And then we're going to look at a scripture passage that talks about how we are adopted by God. And so we're going to begin by first looking at the scripture passages in Galatians chapter 4 that deals with this. So Galatians chapter 4 says this, But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might, check this out, receive the adoption as sons and daughters, because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son Jesus into our hearts where we get to, where we're crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Which Abba um, is an Aramaic term, and it is, the Abba, Father part means precious daddy is what it means. And so isn't that cool that God wants to adopt each and every one of us? And, and be known to us as his precious daddy. You know, as I shared just a moment ago, several of our church family members have lost their earthly fathers. And I tell my kids all the time, uh, and I tell them, I said, you know, I love you, but I'm never going to always be there for you because I'm only going to be here temporary. And the time will come when I'll close my eyes and I'll breathe my last breath and I'll leave this earth but always remember this, a part of me will live on in you. Always remember that. As, as being my child, a part of me is going to live on in you. But always remember this, there is your heavenly Father who will never leave you and who will never forsake you. And he will always be there with you. Take that to the bank and be assured by that. And that's what we take encouragement in. And so when I look at this text that uh, that it's in Galatians that's telling us that God wants to take us from and purchase us and redeem us from being under the law which was a system of, that required us to do a set of rules in order to get us into a relationship. And so that's what it's all about, y'all. Church isn't about rules. Church is about a relationship. It's not about, oh, I got to look this way, dress this way, act this way, give this way, do this way. It's all about, hey, I've been adopted by the king of the universe. I've been adopted 
by the one who created me. I've been adopted by him. Now, you know, uh, what's the difference between being born into a family and being adopted by someone? There's a difference. You know, I've got my kids. I've never adopted another child. I've thought about it. I have four children, three sons and a daughter. But, you know, my wife, when we got to four, she said, four no more. But I was, you know, I was happy to have a bunch of kids. But, you know, the thing about it, when you adopt someone, that means that not only do you love them, but that you want them, that you desire them, that they might not be biologically yours, but you're saying, I love you and I want you and I want to have a relationship with you and would you come and live with me? Now, that's the blessing and the beauty of adoption. You know, some of our kinfolks, we go, I got to love them anyway. I don't like them, but I got to love them. You know that feeling? The way they act, good Lord, and it's always her side of the family or it's your side of the family, isn't it? But everybody has someone in that family, and we all know. But you know what? But when God says, I want to adopt you, he's taking you warts and all. He's taking you with all of your troubles and all of your baggage and all of your problems and he's saying, I want to have a relationship with you. That is the king of the universe. So how are we going to connect these two? Well, I want to take you back to the story of Esther. In the story of Esther, do you know there's only two people that are mentioned in the Old Testament that adopted someone? And do you know that it's in the story of Esther that it is one of them? Mordecai adopted Esther. Now, you know, I couldn't have come up with this. I, I didn't think through ahead of this when I planned the Esther series and coming into this adoption series. But God knew. God knew that on this Father's Day, he wanted to know, you to know who the best dad ever is and who has been adopted by God. So, with that being said, we're introduced to Mordecai in chapter 2 of the book of Esther, and we're told that he's a Jew. We told, we're told that he was in Jerusalem. We're told he was taken in, by, in captiv captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonian Empire, which was the great world empire of that time. And he was taken into Babylon. And he stayed there. And he was under, after, after Babylon was defeated by the Medes and Persian, now Xerxes, the king of Persia, is now the ruler of the world. And so Mordecai is now there living in this time. He's, he's seen one king fall, and now he's under another king. But he's the one that is shown up in chapter 2. And it says in chapter 2, he takes Esther in because her mother and father had died when she was young and he takes her in and it says Mordecai took her as his own daughter so the first point I have here is Mordecai adopted Esther and took care of her as his own that's what Mordecai did Mordecai saw the need and he took Esther in and that was significant very significant it's never mentioned in all of the Bible that Mordecai had a wife. It's never mentioned, uh, of course, or stated. And I'm assuming that he did not. But I do know he took this young girl in 
and he raised her as his own. And the next thing we find out was that the king got, didn't like his present queen, and she didn't ask, she, he asked her to do something, and she didn't want to do it. So he said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of you, and I'm going to get me a new queen. So they got all the virgins and all the beautiful girls all over the land of Persia to come in and see if the king desired to put them in his queen. Well, this is where we find Mordecai next. Mordecai's outside the place that Esther's staying, and they've already put her in the year-long beauty salon to get her ready to make her appearance before the king. And so as she's there each day, Mordecai is outside pacing back and forth, and he's, he's concerned with what's going on with his adopted daughter. Here's my second thing. Mordecai was concerned for Esther as she was being prepared the king this sounds like a good dad doesn't it this sounds like someone who cares someone who's concerned someone who loves it hey it was like this is my only girl and she was the Bible says Esther was beautiful in face and in form so she was a beautiful young lady and in fact we we come to find out she was the chosen one and so the story continues with Mordecai and we're gonna I'm just looking at examples of the life lessons we can learn from Mordecai in this adoption process. The next thing we see is that we find out that Mordecai, uh, over here in chapter 2, verse 20, it says, Esther had not yet made known her kindred or her people. Notice it says this, even as Mordecai had commanded her, for Esther did what Mordecai told her, as she had done when under his care. So now, Esther is queen. But check this out. Even though she's queen, queen of Persia, the highest ranking woman in all of the kingdom, guess who she's still listening to? Guess who is still speaking to her? It's Mordecai. Mordecai commanded, here's my next point. Mordecai commanded and instructed Esther as a wise father, as a wise dad. Listen, Children, if, if you've got a dad that is a godly man and he spends time in the word and he spends time in prayer and he loves and he cares, better listen to him. Because wisdom comes from spending time with God. If you want to know what wisdom is, read a proverb a day because isn't it words of the wisest man to ever live? Well, Solomon... You read a proverb a day, a psalms a day, you know, and I, I wish I could say a proverb a day would keep the devil away, but it won't. Because he's he going to come after you no matter what. But it does give you the wisdom. Our son just left, and, and you know Luke, y'all didn't see Luke up here playing today. Well, that, that lucky joker, we say lucky, it's the favor of God. He's had two friends invite him to go to Destin, Florida for the next two weeks. So... One friend's taking him one week, one friend's taking him next week. Well, he's all excited. One, the one guy said, well, I can promise you this. The, the one friend's dad's got a whole lot of money, so they're paying for everything for Luke. Everything. I'm like, what kind of deal is that? And then the other friend said, his daddy said, well, I don't have the money of the other man, but I can promise you this. I'll have a, well, you have a good place to stay, and there'll be a bunch of pretty girls with bikinis. 
And when I said that, at home, that's what he told Luke on Friday. And when I said that, his mama said, no, no. And the reason she said that was, and we all went and we said this to Luke, be wise, son, be wise, be wise. Why? Because you have to be wise in this day and time because there will be that temptation. There will be that struggle. And when you're going in a situation into something like that, uh, there's going to be a struggle. And so he's had to, we teach him, be wise. But listen to your instructions from a wise father. And so Mordecai had commanded and instructed Esther to, to, live, to do in such a way. And he, I don't, it really is interesting that he told her, don't reveal who you are. Don't reveal your kin, folks. Don't reveal the fact that you're a Jew. Just keep it under the hat for now. But it was all part of the plan. And then the next thing we see with Mordecai is that this man was sitting at the gate. He didn't get to go in to see the king, but he was sitting outside the gate, but he overheard the assassination plot to kill the king. So what he did was he went in and he told Esther, who was queen at the time, listen, this is what's about to happen. These two gatekeepers over here, they're going to kill the your husband so you better go tell him and so when they did investigate it and find out it was true they had those two guys killed had them hung so this is what I wrote down Mordecai did what was right and he set a godly example for Esther you know what Mordecai could have said you know what I'm not going to say anything about this I heard it I don't want to cause any conflict I don't want to get any trouble what if these two dudes turn on me and kill me he could have not got involved but he did he did what was right now listen that's some good advice right there if you always do what's right you won't ever have to worry about anything wrong amen if you always do that which is right you won't have to worry now there may be some people that attack you and say all kinds of things against you it doesn't matter do what is right and that's what Mordecai did and he set a godly example for Esther by doing right he also did right by doing this there was a guy right after this incident that stepped into the kingdom into a very powerful position his name was Haman Haman and Haman uh, loved pride and he loved the position and Haman was second only to the king. And so everybody was to bow down to Haman and to give Haman all the praise and glory that he thought he deserved. <laughs> okay? But Mordecai wouldn't. Mordecai did what was right because he was only going to bow down to his one and only God and his king. And so it bothered Haman. It troubled Haman. And no matter what was going on with Haman, Every time he saw old Mordecai, man, it got under his skin because, guess what? Mordecai did what was right. He did what was right. And so the story continues in the life of this one that we can learn named Mordecai. It continues and it goes on because uh, we find out that a time came to where Haman 
had such resentment toward Mordecai that he said, I'm not only going to kill him, I'm going to take out all of his people when he found out Mordecai was a Jew. And so he had it, he tricked the king into taking his ring, the signet ring, which is like a signature, and stamping approval on the annihilation on a certain day, on the 12th month, to all the Jews who were in the kingdom of Persia. And so when Mordecai found out and heard about it, he went out into the street and he cried out unto God. He threw sackcloth, ashes all over him. He wept bitterly. He did it publicly. But he went out and he cried. And so I put this down. I said, Mordecai loved his people and he cried out for their them is what he did I can't even read my writing right here this is getting pretty bad he cried out for their sake that word is sake right there all right he cried out for their sake <laughs> that's pretty bad when you can't read your own handwriting but anyway he did he cried out for them and then Esther heard that Mordecai's out there in the street crying out covered looking bad and she's like this is this is my daddy <laughs> I'm the queen. I've got to do something about it. So she had a royal set of clothes sent to him to make him look better, and he refused it. She wanted to put the proper wardrobe on him, and he said no. And then he sent word to Esther to say, you know what, Esther? Here's what I'm going to command that you do. You've got to go to the king and tell him what's going on. And she's like, I can't do that. You know why? Because the law says anybody that goes before the king and not, has not been invited... Death is the penalty. And he said to her, listen, perhaps you don't know, but it may be that it's in a time such as this that God has prepared you for this moment. And then Esther went on to say those famous words, if I perish, I perish. But you see, Mordecai and his influence was a part of this because he, he was pretty blunt and clear to Esther when he said, do not think you're going to escape the death notice just because you're sitting in the palace. Because if you don't do it, God will deliver it through some other means. But Esther listened, and Esther obeyed. And the story continues. The next thing we see is that because Mordecai did those things and Esther responded, it ended up Mordecai was honored for doing what was right. It took a little time, but he was honored for doing what was right. Because, see, one night the king had insomnia, and he couldn't sleep. And so they pulled out all the records of Persia and Mede, and, and they began to read it to the king, and then it came across that, hey, this guy named Mordecai saved your life. And he said, well, what's been done for him? And they said, nothing. He said, what do you mean nothing? This guy saved my life. We hadn't done anything for him. And so basically that's when the very moment that Haman shows up to have Mordecai hanged, that Mordecai is now honored. And so Haman shows up with all his pride and pompous and says, who does the king desire to honor more than me? And so he laid out the strategic plan of how, Morde how he was wanting himself to be honored and it ended up Haman had to actually escort Mordecai through the streets of Persia at Susa. Amazing. But listen, here's the principle, y'all. Mordecai was honored 
for doing what was right. It didn't come at the first at the time, but it came later. Always remember that. Always remember that. You do what's right, and you might not be honored at the very moment that you did it, but payday is coming someday. And it came on down the road for him. Well, the story continues. We find out that, yes, he was honored. He was put in that position. And then the queen has her banquets, and she ends up, what, taking Haman in. And then Haman ends up, she exposes him for who he is. And then the king gets upset. He walks out into his garden. He comes back into the room, and he sees Haman falling on the queen, begging for his life. And he's, he's, when he sees that, he just goes, listen, is, she gonna, is he going to attack her even in the palace? And as soon as the words came out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And they said, what are we going to do with him? He's, and then one of the assistants said, oh, the gallows that Haman had built for Mordecai. And the king said, go hang him on it. So he was hanged on the very gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. So... Man, this whole story is, is happening. So how does this fit into the best dad ever and adopted by God? Because listen, y'all, there was a guy by the name of Mordecai who was faithful, who showed, who poured in love to a person that one day would become queen of Persia. And listen to what God did for Mordecai. Pick up in chapter 8, if you see in the first few verses of chapter 8. On, the, on that day, King Xerxes gave the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. And Mordecai came before the king. First time it's ever mentioned. I underlined it, have it noted in my Bible. Chapter 8, verse 1, was the first time that Mordecai came before the king. Up until this point, his influence was going all throughout this book. But this is the very first time he appears before the king. And then notice this. Esther had disclosed what he was to her. Wow. Now, isn't that a great Father's Day gift right there? <laughs> when you think about it. When Esther... In that moment, she might have said, honey, sweetie, babe, whatever your term of endearment might be, you know. You know who this is? Do you really know who this is? This man, he raised me. This man has influenced me. This is the man who's impacted my life. And that's why I'm here. This man, Mordecai. Hey, the book's about Esther, but listen, Mordecai is the man. Mordecai is the man. If you want to be a real man, be a man like Mordecai. Be a man like Mordecai. And so, what happens to Mordecai next? This is what I love. The very ring, the signet ring of authority. You know, there's guys that play on, on Super Bowls and they major league championships and all kinds. They get the ring. They get the ring. 
And I think it's funny, you know, but those rings are valuable. Those rings are twenty-five, thirty, forty-something thousand-dollar rings, aren't they? And they they give them the ring. You know, I, I've been in the sports world. I've been in the travel ball world. They get they used to win a championship and they'd give them a ring, like they had just won the World Series, okay, in their little travel ball team. And I, I used to. I've been there, done that, and I remember thinking, boy, wouldn't it be great if our kids got a ring? How special that ring would be. But I'm going to tell you what, rings come and rings go. We were watching, I love golf, so we were watching the U.S. Open this week. And had a feature on old Ricky Fowler. He's one of the cool young golfers that all the girls like, but guess what, ladies, he's engaged now. But they showed the picture where he proposed, and they showed him proposing and then they showed the girl and I'm telling you my when my wife walked by the TV and saw the ring that that woman had on her finger my wife I think she coveted because she said now that's a ring look at that rock and she I, and I'm like yes I wonder he doesn't have, have to prop her hand up you know to keep that rock up it's so big but it was huge it, it's like it covered half the screen you know uh, but anyway she made note of that, and, but I'm like, okay, well, honey, he, he makes a lot of money, so I, I said, what do you think that ring's worth? And she said, at least 25 to 30. I said, it's probably worth 50. That's what I told her. It probably is. He's got the money. But what she was saying was that, that says he, how much he loves her. Don't worry, ladies. The key to this ring was the authority, the power, the position. And so what King Xerxes does is he takes the ring that he had taken off old Haman who set Mordecai up and who was hanged on the gallows. And he says, come here, Mordecai. And he gives the man who had done what was right the ring to the kingdom. Wow. Hashtag best dad ever. <laughs> it's a pretty good one right there. Now, you know, this past uh, week, I had my, one of my sons did that for me. Hashtag best dad ever. And the truth is, that's all that any dad would ever want to see, is for their own kids to think that they're the best dad ever. I know I'm not the best dad ever. Every dad that receives that honor knows they're not the best dad ever, but all that matters is, is what? That we're the best dad ever to our own kids. And Esther is promoting the man who had influenced her life. And now he's wearing the ring. So there was, you know, once that stamp of that sig that signing, that signet ring is put on something, they had a problem in the kingdom. Why? Because it had already been stamped by old Haman to destroy all the Jews on the 13th day of the 12th month. So Mordecai and the crew had to put together a plan to put a new stamp of approval. And that plan was, we're going to give you Jews the right to defend yourselves, and we're also going to assist you a little bit, because my wife here, with the Persian troops to help you in case you need it. <laughs> Isn't that great? The Persian Empire is going to be there to help protect you in case you need it. 
And you know how many people were killed that day that came against the Jews? 75,000 people died that day because of the power of the ring. Wow. The story ends with this. Mordecai was rewarded for doing what was right. He was given the king's signet ring. But it ends in the very end of the book where it says that they defeated their enemy, that Mordecai had become a great man. And notice in chapter 10, it ends with the very last verse, uh, verse 3. For Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Xerxes and great among the Jews and in favor with his many kinsmen, one who sought, sought the good of his people and one who spoke for the welfare of the whole nation. It ended with Mordecai being second only to the king. Now, does this sound kind of familiar <laughs> to a guy by the name of Daniel? Does this sound kind of familiar to a guy by the name of Joseph? Isn't it amazing that God took a Hebrew slave named Mordecai, took him into the Babylonian Empire, and then used him and raised him up to be in a position of the second most powerful person in the world? You tell me there's not a God. <laughs> I'll show you. There's an example of God. God at work in a man's life to make a difference. Here's the cool thing. He took a slave and he put him in a power and position. Isn't that what Galatians chapter 4 says? That God took us who were slaves to sin. And he redeemed us. He purchased us. He paid for us with the own precious blood of his son Jesus in order to adopt us into his kingdom. In other words, we get the ring. We get the ring because we're the child of the king. Wow. I hope you see. He's the best dad ever. I hope you see and know and that can answer the question, I'm adopted by God. Listen, if you in this room have never, ever entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today is the best day to do that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because God loves you, and he wants you in his family. And he wants, he's loved you, and he's given his son to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. And all he's asking us to do is accept and receive it so that he can place the ring of authority upon our hand. Have you done that? Have you have? Listen, now, before the day's over, I want you to put it out there to the world somewhere. Hashtag adopted by God. Slash hashtag best dad ever. Best dad ever. I've been adopted by God. Why? He's the best dad ever you know him that's my king you know him do you know him has he adopted you if he 
When he does, you're going to have the best dad ever. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the...